Today is March 3rd and welcome to JW's Brainwaves. My name is Jessica Brooks and I'm your host and I'm here with my co-host Shirley Brooks. So (laughs) what did you do last week or this past week Jess? Oh well I did a couple things. Um, It was my niece's birthday Paris Nicole Caldwell. She turned three. Why are you so, saying her whole name? I don't know. Okay. I mean, I feel like maybe she'll be famous. Who knows? <laughs> um, she had her third birthday, so I went there, and you know, I that was after um, we had a birthday party on Sunday. My sister's mm-hmm. a nut because she's gonna have like three birthday events. Well, this was sort of like a birthday <laughs> dinner just for the immediate family. Meanwhile, my niece was like the only child there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that was pretty fun, and uh, then after that, I went to a retirement party that you were there too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. My um, my husband, your dad, one of his good friends from um, when he was in middle school, he um, actually retired from the post office, but he's still um, he's still working only because. He owns a barbershop. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so he's been doing both jobs uh, forever. forever, really, about 30 years or more. And um, so it was, it was a very nice gathering. You know, we were at a, a little Italian restaurant out in Rawway. And um, oh. so what? <laughs> Wait, so what did you think about the noodles, the pasta part? Yeah, I thought my first thought was I do pasta way better. Did you think it was undercooked? I thought mine was old. I thought mine was undercooked. And so I, like, leaned over to the waiter, and I was just like, is this undercooked? <laughs> and what did he say? And he was like, no, it's a blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it was, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> he was like, whatever it's called. But basically, he was saying that the the pasta is served half-cooked. Yeah, and that's how you're too. supposed to, like enjoy it and I was like like you know like munching on him (laughs) it was like I don't like that (laughs) yeah no the sauce to me the sauce it looked had like a brownish tint to it you know it 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 didn't have a brownish tint but yeah but it was old you know usually when I especially a red sauce I'm looking for a bright red color and that that color was pretty dull um I I was looking forward to the Caesar salad, but it actually had, and it was done actually traditionally, traditionally, which is not the way that I'm used to having it because they, you grind anchovies into the dressing. I totally didn't get that on mine. No, you didn't, it didn't have like a fishy taste to you? No, I didn't get that at all. Like, I feel like not to sound... I don't know, not un- like not exposed or something like that, but I really felt like out of place at that restaurant, except for the main entree. Yeah, the, the main entree, entree was, was good. superb, but everything else, That's like the fancy delicates, delicacies or whatever, Italian delicacies, I was not with it. I'm like, uh, this is undercooked. Uh, there's not enough um, dressing. salad dressing. Uh, <laughs> like, I felt like weird. Yeah. But the overall experience was great. <laughs> yeah, the you know, the people I enjoyed, the people that were there and talking with them and you know, seeing faces that I hadn't seen in a while. Not that I knew a whole lot of people there, but um, you know, it, it was good. It was really good. I was very happy for James 
you know, he deserves to be retired and kind of taking life just a little bit easier um, right now after working two jobs for so many years. Yeah. But um, it was good. Um, when we come back, though, I'll... Dive into our show. Yep. All right. Sounds good. Welcome back to JW's Brainwaves, where my name is Jessica Brooks, and I am with my co-host... Shirley Brooks. So... I don't know if you have known this or if you knew this at all, Mom, I should say. Um, but March is the... Na- na- oh, so you didn't know, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the National Awareness Month for Brain Injuries. Um, and in light of that, I should say, um, our parent company, which is Jazar's Way um, Organization, uh, which is a nonprofit, they are hosting an event. And it is their first, so it's the Jazara's Way first annual paint and wine tasting event. And that will be held at Franklin Park, New Jersey at the Fun Studio, um, Fun Paint Studio, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tickets are $60, um, but that goes into your wine tasting it goes into your food and it also goes into your um prizes prizes and uh you walk away with a paint demonstration as well paint yeah painting painting. (laughs) you said demonstration but you get you actually oh yeah but you get to take home your painting as well um and those funds go towards the programs that um Jazara's way way, um, has to support individuals that have been affected by brain injuries as well as their families. So because of them, we are here. um, And so we want to support our parent um, organization um, in that. So if you guys would like to register, get tickets, if you can't come and you support us anyway and you want to donate, you can do that as well. You can go on to onepaint.eventbrite um, uh, for tickets or you can go on to jazarasway.org for the web, which is their website, our website, um, and you can go and donate there at the bottom of the screen, or you can cash app uh, through the phone number, um, which is 908-379-9590, and you can just write your name, um, and you can say donation for the nonprofit, which would be amazing. So um, we can... Whoops, I don't know why I keep doing that. But we can also talk about um what what I learned actually. I learned about um Alzheimer's and I learned about dementia as well and their connection to TBIs, but we're going to have to take a break before we do th- well, I don't know why I'm like tongue twisted right now, but we're going to take a break and when we come back we'll talk about those chunks, okay? Can I, can I... Oh. Before we go on break, yep. I actually just want to give us give out some information here uh, for de- help with dementia and support. And um, we, they, we first we have the Alzheimer's Association. Um, they can help you learn more about Alzheimer's and dementias and help you find local support services. So you can call their twenty four seven hotline at 
800-272-3900. And she'll give you back, give you uh, feedback on the next support line when we come back. Welcome back to JW's Brainwaves, where I'm Jessica Brooks, your host, and I'm here with my mom, Shirley Brooks, my co-host. Um, if you're just now tuning in, uh, we were just giving some helpful um, resource numbers uh, for dementia help and support, uh, and also for the Brain Injury Association of America, which is one of my favorites. So, Mom, I'm going to hand this over to you so you can give them the information on those two organizations okay um yeah where i wanted to i left off with giving you information about dementia help and support um the alzheimer's association and i gave you their 24 7 helpline number at 800-272-3900 but in addition to that i'd like to also add the brain injury association of america um that is an education, advocacy, and research organization that offers support to people with brain injuries and their families, which is very important. Um, you can call their information center at 800-444-6443. Again, that number is 800-444-6443. Oh, they do the similar thing as Jazara's Way, our parent organization. Right. So you can actually call um them too. I I know they also have scholarship programs and they have educational programs, advocacy programs, so on and um also they have uh support systems for couples that are married and so on and so forth and their uh contact information is 908-379-9900. And you can also email them at info at g at jazarasway.org. But we, oh, you're yawning, huh? (laughs) But let's check into over here. (laughs) Oh, there are questions over here on our Instagram live. Um, You can actually touch the screen and it scrolls up and down too, mom. Okay. But <laughs> the lower part of the screen. Anyway. <laughs> how about the question is right in front of us? Yeah, those. Okay. In the event that happens, it usually. I can't see. In the all event that. that happens, usually from a repeated occurrence. Um, I believe they're referring to. Scroll down. And then what does it say after that? Repeated head trauma can result in dementia. Puglistics, puglistica, and symptoms are hard to identify. You don't show any of the symptoms. Oh, you're fine. (laughs) Thanks. So um, that was one of our Instagram friends, and they were commenting on the Alzheimer's with the TBI relationship and how some individuals do eventually get Alzheimer's. Yeah. And, um, and but it, it, but this basically, I guess what he's trying to say, he or she is trying to say, <laughs> that it's usually through uh, repeated head traumas. Right. So think of it this way: you're you're a child. Well, I can actually I can kind of think about myself. I can recall as a young child. Um, running through my house, turning a quarter, corner really quickly, running into something, bam, you know, I practically get knocked out. I see stars. So that's one head trauma. 
you know, of course, you're you're a kid, you're playing, you ride your bike. You know, I used to, there was, you know, a couple summers, right? Me and that bike, we had so many accidents, it, it was crazy. So I'm sure I had a couple more blows to the head. Oh, playing baseball when I was really young. I'll, that was like the biggest head trauma ever. There was a young man named, I'll just say his first name, Jeffrey. And, um... We're playing baseball, I'm running around the bases, and guess what? I run right into Jeffrey. My head practically doubled in size. So bad. No, seriously, it was it was horrible. Um, you had to get rushed to the hospital. All right, so Did you that, have to get stitches or anything? No, but I just had, my head was just like out to here. All right, well, we're going to hold you off there, and we're going to come back um, once we take a commercial break. All right, bye. Well, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to JW's Brainwaves, where I'm your host, Jessica Brooks, and I'm here with my co-host, Shirley Brooks. Uh, you know what? Something very interesting actually happened um, last, not this past Friday, but Friday before last. One of my coworkers actually got a concussion, but just to show how sensitive, you know, some of us can be, or our brains can be, um, my coworker was taking a shower and somehow the shower curtain and the rod fell and it hit her on the head mm-hmm. and so you know initially yeah she got a little headache um you know and I think she was under the impression you know there's you know give it a day and she should be fine but as it turns out she she got a concussion and she was out that Friday and all of last week. Hopefully, she'll be back on Monday. But um, for something as lightweight as a shower rod could possibly be, um, for it to hit you on the head, I mean, I would never think that that would give you a concussion. But obviously, it can. So we have to be very mindful of, you know, even of things around the house you know you could be walking you could trip you could fall down the stairs you could you know um hit yourself with a door or something like that and very easily get a concussion just from normal everyday you know activities around the house so i just want everyone to be aware that you know these things do happen you know, as minor as it seemed, you know, especially to me at the time. And it, and it's so funny because she and I had been discussing uh, brain injuries prior to that day. And then all of a sudden for her to, to end up with a concussion, especially in the way that she did, you know, it's just very, very weird. Wait, but did she... Um did she get hit twice? Was it a double hit, like Rod, then her fault, or was it just Rod no, only? No, she, from what I recall her saying, it was just Rod only. Oh, yeah. You know. 
it could have been just like one particular spot like that bothered you know everybody has their hot spots like yeah i guess like with a baby when they have the soft spot in the front of their head because the skull hasn't quite covered closed in and covered it oh no i wasn't gonna go there but (laughs) i mean no i'm not saying that that's how it should be fully developed developed but now yeah yeah i'm sure it is i hope it is but um but i'm just saying you know who knows maybe something in her past you know she may have had a some type of blow to the head in the past yeah that could have been it too you know because like we mentioned earlier you know multiple we mentioned earlier oh man um before we get into that we'll actually go on to a break uh we'll talk to you guys soon okay thanks for listening Welcome back to JW's Brainwaves, where I'm your host, Jessica Brooks, and I'm here with my co-host, Shirley Brooks. And we want to um, go into the main topic of the show today, which is um, Jerry. And um, what that is, is we're talking about TBI and um, Alzheimer's, as well as dementia and how it's related. So we're reading a couple of a couple of journals, um, articles about these um, diseases, and we found out that it is inconclusive for um, dementia and the relationship of um, TBIs. So basically, what they were saying was that there, what has been um, confirmed was that people who have dementia often get TBIs because of the falls, which are in the elderly. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not vice versa. But with um, studies that are going on in um, Scotland, not Scotland, um, uh, Switzerland, um, they have studies that are going where they have found that um, 2,100, I think, um, cases where they found that individuals who had TBIs um, often got Alzheimer's. And it kind of made me a little bit nervous because they had um, a brain, a normal brain image, and then they had a degenerative, right? Did I say that right? Degenerative. Degenerative brain right next to it. And that brain that was next (coughs) to them actually had um, Alzheimer's. And you could see that it was a drastic change between the two. And I actually have access to my MRIs. And I was able to look at them, and it felt like <coughs> my brain was kind of a hybrid of the two, which was concerning. Um, but our Instagram um, viewer, who is a nurse, basically canceled that out because they saw the image and they said no, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It's funny. You saw the, you know, you read it. One article, oh, excuse me, I have a tickle in my throat. Um, But I read an article written by the Mayo Clinic. And that, my article actually talks about, um, you know, certain, (coughs) oh, I'm sorry. Talks about certain types of TBIs and the increase in... The oh, of- wait. I'm so sorry. We have to go on a break. Um, But we will get right back to that as soon as we can. All right, guys. Keep listening. <coughs> Let me go get some water. 
Welcome back to JW's Brain Waves, where I'm your host, Jessica Brooks, and I'm here with my co-host, Shirley Brooks. And if you guys are just tuning in, we were just talking about a few articles that we've read over the week. Um, my article was from Science Daily, and I also um, read another article from um, Newsmax, and they basically were saying the same thing, and it was in reference to TBI and Alzheimer's in early life. So, um, with my article, I wanted to actually recap um, the analysis of more than 200, I mean, 2,100 cases found that people who sustained traumatic brain injuries with loss of consciousness greater than five minutes were diagnosed with dementia on average two to two two and a half years earlier than those who had not experienced the TBI. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom was saying that the article that she read was from the... the Mayo, from the Mayo Clinic. Mayo <laughs> Clinic. Right. And, you know, basically they were talking about certain types of traumatic brain injuries may increase, you know, the risk of developing Alzheimer's or another, which is another form of dementia. And um, years after the injury actually takes place, so they, you know, they go on to say that um, that it's also inconclusive as to whether the uh, brain injuries increase the risk of a person being diagnosed with Alzheimer's. But it has been found in the study that you know um, that it does begin much earlier in people who have had a brain injury. So, for example, the average person who's had a TBI will get Alzheimer's in about 10 years after they've had their brain injury. As opposed to someone who hasn't had a brain injury, they may develop Alzheimer's or dementia 18 years later. So, I mean, there's a big, you know... That's a gap. eight-year gap, right. You know... That's almost a generation. Half a generation, I guess. Isn't wait, um, decade. That's what I meant to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, but still, you know, the fact that you get a brain injury and, on average, ten years later, you could, you know, start developing such diseases as Alzheimer's or, or dementia, as opposed to not having a brain injury. And develop it like 18 18 years years later. later. Yeah. You know, but, you know, even in the meantime, you know, there are things that that we can do to try. Not that it's going to totally prevent you from getting Alzheimer's or dementia, but it can certainly slow up the process. And, you know, it'll reverse, reverse it to an extent, maybe, but not totally. Um, Such things as mental toning. Uh, which is, you know, like high-intensity strength training that, um, excuse me, two or three days a week, you know, for about six months, um, it's been noted that it's improved the brain function in people with mild cognitive impairments, Um, similar to yourself. Mm -hmm. So even though you got upset looking at the comparison of your brain and, next to that of a quote-unquote normal brain. Um, I'm telling you, it doesn't look like a normal brain, but it doesn't look like an Alzheimer's brain either. It just looks like a hybrid. 
Like, Alzheimer's brain significantly looks like it's missing, like, stuff. <laughs> Mine does not look like it's significantly missing stuff, but there's some spaces that I don't think should be there. So. I mean, yeah, but like I'm saying, you know, there's, you know, things that you could possibly do to kind of, um, I guess to I I very I'm very hesitant about saying reversing. Yeah, I don't you know, know about reversing. But it, at at the very least, help helping strengthening. You know, yeah, slowing things down. Um. You know, like one theory is that the same hormonal responses that help you build muscle may also help your brain grow new cells. Well, I'm here for that, so I'm gonna start pumping iron because. <laughs> It's like you used to say, like in the earlier parts of my recovery, like she's slow, but sure. Mm-hmm. So it's like annoying when I can't get things out. It's very frustrating when I can't get things out. Like earlier in the show, it was just like, uh, I know what I know what I'm talking about, but it doesn't show that I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's like hard. Yeah. But let's go to a break and we'll come back and finish up. Welcome back to JW's Brainwave. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, I'm Shirley. And I'm your co-host, Jessica Brooks. Well, her co-host, not your co-host. <laughs> and we were talking about um, exercising your mind. And right. Well, you know, you can exercise your mind. You can also do yoga for your mind. Um, you know, I was reading an article that um, was talking about, you know, m- uh, mind expanding uh, you can do that with yoga. You know, it's it. You know, yoga most traditionally is an effective stress buster, um, but yoga may also help the brain in several way, several ways. <clears throat> and uh, so, not to get too technical, but stress hormones like cortisol are associated with decreased hippocampus volume. Impairing memories, stress-induced inflammation is linked to neural, neural, neural damage, and um, but twelve weeks of yoga help reduces your stress levels, and you can see an improvement in verbal memory comparable to those who don't have memory training. Wow! So, wow! I didn't know that um, yoga had that many benefits. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's really cool, actually. I've been actually thinking about st- taking up yoga myself. We should do it. A couple we people should. have told me that, you know, I should do that. And I don't know if I should just pull out the Wii and start. <laughs> no, I think we should take a real yoga class. I mean, we may have to build up to it by doing the Wii first. No, like an entry one. Like, or, yeah, entry one. Me, you, and Dad need to take it, and we need to record it at that. <laughs> because it's going to be funny. But I'm really excited um, for this show because we have a special treat. Um, my A friend of the show, uh, Shane, um, he was gracious enough to share his TBI story with us. And I definitely would like to end off the show on that note for um, so you guys can hear his, his story. This story is something that I feel should be <laughs> shared 
around the world because it was amazing and um just what he went through and what he survived is definitely an inspiration to me and I know that it would be an inspiration to you guys so um I'm gonna leave it leave this um leave this leave everything at this point (laughs) and um we're gonna leave you in the capable capable hands of Sean as he tells his Shane so sorry Shane no it's not you're right it's not I apologize Shane but we're going to leave you in Shane's hand. He's going to tell you his story. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you learn something from it. Because we certainly have. Yep. So see you guys next week. Same time, same place. Signing off. Have a good weekend. Hello, my name is Shane. I'm a traumatic brain injury survivor. My brain injury occurred on July 14th, 1986 which was six days after my 11th birthday. I fell out of a tree 40 feet and was in a coma for two and a half months. Uh, I landed with my on my left side, so my left side was paralyzed while I was in the coma. My head landed on the ground about six inches away from a big boulder, so I was that close from dying right then and there. But I, uh, you yeah. Was taken to Good Samaritan Hospital for in Puyallup, Washington, for stabilization, uh, and then I uh, was taken to St. Joseph's Hospital in Tacoma for uh, in. I was taken to St. Joseph's Hospital in Tacoma, and there I was in the intensive care unit ICU. For a while, I'm not sure exactly how long, but uh, I was there in ICU, and while I was there at ICU, I uh, while I was there in the ICU, the doctors were giving my parents the worst case scenario rundown. Uh, totally negative about it, you know, of course they can't be positive, can't, they can't be certain about anything one way or the other when a patient is comatose, and so at any rate, they were telling my parents I'd be a vegetable the rest of my life, and never come out of the coma, and as I showed signs of improvement, they'd better the prognosis, you know, they were saying that I'd be vegetable, then they were saying, okay, well he may wake up, but he'll never walk again, and then they were saying, okay, well, he may walk, but never ride a bike again, and then they were saying, okay, well, if he's able to walk, and if he's able to ever ride a bike again, it won't be for at least five years after he's able to walk, if ever he's able to walk, and... And so at any rate, I, when I did awake, awaken from the coma, uh, apparently they said I was still comatose for a while, at least a couple weeks or whatever after I woke up because I remember waking up looking at the calendar there at Orchard Park Nursing Home in Tacoma, Washington, where I woke up, uh... I remember looking at the calendar and the last, the day that I woke up, according to the marked off days on the calendar, I woke up on September 9th. Uh, 
And so, but I do remember, you know, the the nurse there at the uh, nursing home, Curlene, a uh, very nice lady. She called my parents as soon as I woke up and got her attention. She called my parents and they came as soon as possible. And it seems, I do remember my parents uh, at a couple few times, whatever, there at the nursing home, bringing in quarts of uh, Baskin Robbins French vanilla ice cream, which was my favorite ice cream in the world. At that time, uh, they brought the, they'd, they'd bring that in for me, and they'd just stick their finger in the ice cream, just get a dab on the end of their finger, and, you know, put it on my tongue or stick it in my mouth, so that I could taste the ice cream at least, and, uh, yeah, that was, that was, you know, a very good thing, a very nice surprise that they did that for me, and... I do recall when I was still at the nursing home, uh, I was, I did have a physical therapist there at the nursing home who was attempting to get me to, you know, rehabilitate into getting out of the wheelchair and start walking again. Uh, I do remember he had me walking along the hall uh, outside my room, utilizing the rails on the wall to assist me, assist myself in walking down the hall, but of course, you know, it wasn't doing too well, because my legs were still weak and shaky, having just woken up from the coma after a couple months of laying in a hospital bed, and, uh, you know, so it's just a matter of getting the muscles moving again, muscle memory and all that. Okay, but I was there, and I had a trach in my throat when I woke up from the coma, and it was there for about another week, something like that, and while I did have the trach in my throat, my uh, stepmom uh, drew out a keyboard on a piece of paper, put it in a plastic file, a clear plastic file folder, or report cover, whatever, and... Uh, so that I could touch the letters and they could make out words that I was spelling because my memory remained intact uh, even through the coma and all that. And, uh, you know, with she drew out a keyboard so I had the letters and there were a few basic words like yes, no, mom, home, uh, brother, food, whatever the deal was. And not too long after, I was probably, I want to say two, two weeks, maybe three weeks after I woke up, I was transferred to uh, Good Samaritan Hospital in Puyallup, Washington for rehabilitation and was immediately thrust into uh, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy. Speech therapy beca only because I had had the trach in my throat, and it, you know, they wanted to make certain that I, you know, was pronouncing words correctly, and that the muscles in my throat were moving correctly, and, 
if they weren't then they had then they were there to uh get everything working make sure everything was working properly and i remember i excelled not excelled but not excelled but i threw myself into uh the physical therapy and I was just uh, after a little bit, you know, because uh, at first I was like, you know, it was, physical therapy was hard and it was tough and it hurt, you know, moving, trying to move certain ways and everything. And my left side is paralyzed while I was in the coma. So of course my left side is, even to this day, is still weaker than my right. But, uh, my, I remember my physical therapist, Larry Murray, there at the children's therapy unit, a good Sam. He would, I would say, I can't, I can't do it, Larry. I can't move that way. And he would say, no, Shane, do not say I can't. Say, I will try harder, Master Larry. And uh, anyway, that got me going, you know. Uh, so I just pushed myself and pushed myself in physical therapy and in occupational therapy uh, to, you know, forge ahead, get back to, to try and get back to where I should have been. Had, you know, quote unquote should have been, had I not uh, been in a coma for two and a half months and had a traumatic brain injury. But, uh, let's see, I was, ended up being discharged from the hospital on October 31st of 1986, which was, you know, comparatively, uh, you know, figuratively a short time after my brain injury and being in a coma for a couple of months. But uh, I had a tutor coming to the house every day. Well, it seems like it was every day, maybe four times a week. But uh, trying to get me... trying to get me, uh, you know, back in the groove of doing schoolwork and homework and all that. And so I, I must have been doing pretty good at that because she, uh, yeah, they okayed me to go back into school at the middle of sixth grade in January of 87, uh, right where I should have been at the middle of sixth grade. And, uh, they passed me that year. I was still technically in my wheelchair for the remainder of that school year, even though I was out of my wheelchair at home, uh, because at home we had shag carpet, and it was it was like very troublesome getting around the house in a wheelchair with thick shag carpet. But so for the remainder of that year, I rode the quote unquote short bus, you know, with uh, having being in a wheelchair. And I do recall, uh, uh, okay, never mind, I forget where I was going with that, but, uh, at any rate, the next year in seventh grade, I, uh, you know, was placed, I started out in seventh grade, uh, in one special ed class, I was in, uh, basically remedial social studies, and the rest of them were regular classes, and I passed through that year, uh, surprisingly, because that was when I started drinking and doing drugs, 
I uh, got right in, you know, you know, being in the coma and then coming out of the coma and my parents being very protective. They kept me, kept a close eye on me as soon as they let me out of the house into the neighborhood. Of course, I hooked up with the wrong crowd, the bad seeds, the kids your parents don't want you to hang around. I started hanging around them. But there in seventh grade, I, oh yeah, and along with the starting to drink and do drugs, I got, and that was, you know, like just before, just after I turned 12, I started doing all that. And uh, along with that came running away from home. Uh, let's see, uh, there in seventh grade, I was in the one remedial class. The next year in eighth grade, I uh, actually... You know, it's just like my schooling, just I excelled in eighth grade. I was actually in one uh, advanced class being uh, uh, humanities or advanced English. And I was also promoted from regular eighth grade math to uh, pre-algebra and then to algebra all in a matter of like a month or maybe. I guess it was only a couple of weeks from the time I was in regular eighth grade math to the time I was all the way up in algebra. But uh, at any rate, I didn't, uh, I don't know, I got into my drinking and doing drugs and running away from home all the time, and that didn't do too swell. But somehow I passed through school. And uh, then finally in... Uh, and uh, so far as my physical and occupational therapy, I was in those until, oh yeah, and I want to say, I forget when it was, but I was technically, according to my physical therapist, I was out of my wheelchair, he, he let me out of my wheelchair, and full-time walking, like, uh, probably, I I want to say that my physical therapist let me out of my wheelchair and full-time walking about, uh, let's see. About four or five. No, wait. I don't know. It was only a few months after I woke up from the coma that he, uh, let me out said I you know I didn't need the wheelchair anymore and it was only it seems like a few weeks after that I was back on my bicycle uh but you know my recovery went went pretty fast from the brain injury and uh you know sort of unfortunately got into the drinking and drugging and everything very soon after the brain injury But, uh, I, uh, I started getting in trouble with the, at home, trouble at school, trouble with the law, and, uh, you know, it's like, uh, never really had any true friends, they were just people that were there because, you know, it worked out in everyone's best interest at the time, either, you know, it's like I had the boozer drugs, or they did, and, uh. Anyway, uh, 
yeah, that's going off on a different topic. But, uh, you know, it sort of ties into the brain injury because after the brain injury, you know, it's like I've, I've known a lot of people that after after they have a brain injury, it's like, you know, just sort of like uh, they're, they fall for anything. And, uh, but at any rate, I, uh, I've been clean and I got clean and sober. I hit my rock bottom and got clean and sober when I was 16 and, uh, been clean and sober ever since. I haven't had to take any drugs or, uh, drink any alcohol and, uh, yeah, I just celebrated 26 years clean and sober on the 24th of January. But to back up, uh, you know, it's like I got clean and sober at 16. And whereas I had had a rough time in school uh, with, you know, I didn't give myself, I hadn't had enough time to get, you know, uh, back integrated back into school after my brain injury. to get back to normal and when I started drinking and doing drugs and so that just made everything worse and made it harder but uh, I ended up graduating uh, 1994 graduated from Collins High School in Buckley Washington uh, with a cumulative GPA of about 39 3.95 I calculated that from my uh, grades just a rough calculation. I know it was it was pretty high. It was like three, you know, it was pretty close to four point oh. But uh, at any rate, that's about all I've got so far as my brain injury, and I've you know, it's like pretty much recovered from my brain injury, and so. I guess that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Thank you.